0: Today's episode, we are going to talk about cultivating godly friendships and why that's so important. And we're going to talk about hospitality. Both of these things are so needed because we were meant, we were designed to live in community, to live with other people and to live with fellowship. So I can't wait to dive into this episode. Hi, beautiful friend and welcome to Faith Fueled Woman. I want to ask you, are you ready to accept the invitation we've been given to step into the adventure of pursuing God and what he has for us? Hi, I'm Kristen. I am an encourager. I'm a Christian inspirational speaker, author, and podcaster. I help women grow in their faith, purpose, and business so they can have lasting legacy and impact in their homes and in the world. If you want to partner with God to design your life to be less hurried, less stressed, be more excited, and feel alive in your purpose and commitment to God and your family, this is the podcasting community for you. Grab your favorite beverage, your prayer journal, and your pen, and let's be encouraged. Okay, we're going to dive into today's episode about Cultivating godly friendships. And here's the honest truth. I talk to people regularly that struggle in this area, whether they're struggling to have really strong, lasting friendships, you know, especially friends that maybe walk with them in their faith, or maybe they're struggling to find their church home, which that will be another day, another topic I'm going to cover, because that is an area as well that I have, you know, gone into different churches, to different denominations and over time that's changed right what my needs are and where i felt at home or did not feel at home so for today's purpose cultify, cultivating godly friendships we're going to talk about why do we need some of these friendships and the importance of hosting people of um you know serving people through hospitality and welcoming welcoming them into our lives and our homes the first thing i'll say is this Surely talking about this topic does not mean that you need to not to need to only have uh, other friends that align exactly with you on your your religion, on your Christian um understanding right where you're at in your faith journey. Surely that is I I am not one um that says that, right? I have lots of friends that are from all different walks of life, you know, friends that may be Christian but they may not be practicing at the same level we are all a work in progress if you will. I have friends that are Jewish, whether they're practicing or not. I have friends that are, you know, may not be um, strong faith believers right now. And I think it's important to have all sorts of friends because part of that is us displaying what it means to walk with Christ and, you know, the message of hope and love and that, um, you know, everlasting life, if you will, that we're modeling for other people that aren't Christians or are not where we're at. So I think it's important that I say that. Just to be clear that I'm not saying you need to have friends that are just like you or where, what you're aspiring to be in your your faith journey. But I do think as Christians, we are called to have people around us that will provide counsel and will provide us with, um, in love, rebuking us and things like that when it's needed. And so I do think that we do need some people in our lives that we can rely on to get godly advice, and guidance, you know, that points back to God's word. So that's what we're going to talk about today. Okay. The first um, scripture that I want to share with you, it's actually in Proverbs says the godly give good advice to their friends, the wicked lead them astray. And this is Proverbs 12, 26, but I think it's so true. And I hear stories regularly from women, whether it's people in my own lives that I, you know, I really do rely on at this point to get advice from, you know, um, faith-based advice, or whether it's other women that I follow, you know, Christian women that I follow that share their stories. But often when you're, you know, you're praying about something, you're looking for clarity, you're looking for, you know, to be sure if this is the way that God's asking you to move. Often when we pray about that, uh, you'll find signs or maybe someone will say something to you. Even if you haven't mentioned it to them and it will sort of lead you like, yes, I'm getting validation. I'm getting clarification that this is what God's asking me to do. And then sometimes we do need to ask our, you know, friends, our faithful friends, you know, for advice and for prayer and sometimes, you know, to lift us up because we're going through a hard thing. We need them to walk with us, you know, both with their words and their prayers, but also by showing up for us and us for them. Okay, so I love something that's shared in the book, Taste and See by Margaret Feinberg. It's so lovely, and I thought it really fit today's topic. So I want to share that with you real quick. And before I share the excerpt, I just want to say, uh, Margaret's book, um, Taste and See, it's really about, she says, discovering God among butchers, bakers, and fresh food makers. But it's really how food is woven in and, and a table, right? Gathering around a table, to our fellowship, how it's woven around to give us opportunities to share life with each other and to share and see God at work in those times and in those spaces. So here's what she says. God is waiting around every table, in every pantry, in every backyard garden. You just need some fresh ingredients, some time, and a friend or two. No matter where we find ourselves, mealtimes can become sacred spaces of supernatural satisfaction. When we invite God in, he satiates our hunger to know and to be known, to understand and to be understood, to love and to be loved. In community, God touches our physical appetites and our spiritual affections. Whenever we gather to eat, whether in a tricked-out kitchen or seated in a borrowed chair with food atop our laps, God is there because all food ultimately comes from him. Yes, God waits in Galilee, but the shores of all our lives are strewn with displays of God's miraculous power. As we break bread, we find the satisfaction of our deepest hungers in the community our souls crave. As we share our lives, we taste and see God's fruitfulness. And when we're tempted to lose heart, and we all will be, we find courage in listening to and participating in the stories of God's rescuing ways. Every table is a doorway, an entrance into a holy and sacred communion with God and those around us. In the midst of a busy life, we can all create a space to taste and see God's goodness this begins by recognizing food as a gift from God instead of, com- instead of a commodity. Every meal time is an opportunity to be on the lookout for Christ to reveal himself in surprising ways. We can all pause in order to pay attention to the one who has provided the food before us. Food really is God's love made delicious, nutritious and restorative. But we must learn to slow down and savor the delicate flavors and divine lessons. In a culture rife with consumerism and driven by efficiency, where many meals are handed out a drive through window, and eaten solo, this isn't the easiest spiritual discipline to practice, but it's well worth it. May your table be set, not just with food, but vulnerability and delight. May your mouth be filled, not just with morsels of meat, but with reminders of God's loving kindness. And may every meal at which you find yourself be a foretaste of the feast to come. Bon appetit and amen, she says. Oh my gosh, that's so good. And you might've thought, how am I tying in the table and food to the conversation about friendship? But it's because so often friendships revolve around food. They revolve around a cup of coffee or a cup of tea, right? It's when we gather. And when we gather, you're usually eating or snacking or having a beverage, right? It's a way for us to gather, much like gathering around a fire, telling stories and sharing um, that time with others. Okay. So let's break down what it means to have, uh, you know, to have friendships that we're cultivating, that we're continuing to grow in our friendships and be there for each other. The first thing is true friends. They're really a blessing right from God because he is very clear that we need people. We need community. We need fellowship to live our best lives. We weren't made to live in isolation. So the first thing is, you know, and I've already said this to get good advice, to have wise counsel. We need friends around us that are, um, they understand God's word that they are praying and seeking out, um, God and seeking out Christ. So for one, it's to, um, have wise counsel around you of people that you can go to and that you can trust that they are doing their best to understand what God's purpose and call is for you in your life and in your decisions and your choices. The next is we need friends around us to get us through our difficult times, right? We need people to be able to hold our hands, to listen to us, to console us, and to be available to us. We also need friendships so that they can speak the truth and love to us, even when it's something that maybe we don't want to hear or we are maybe being a bit um, blind or aren't paying attention to. And we need good, godly friends to hold each other up, to be available to each other, to be honest, to be open and vulnerable and be present. Because being a good, godly friend requires us us to do those things, to make time for people and also to be available to them and to, you know, be able to share with them, you know, truths, um, share with them, you know, our sins, our secrets, you know, the things that's on our heart, the things we're afraid of. And yes, we want to take those things to God, but we also want to take them to the people that are around us. You know, the people that we trust and that we believe have our best interest and, you know, know what God's heart is. And so I think that's so important. And there are lots of places in the Bible that it's, they talk about friendship. Proverbs has many places throughout sprinkled about friends, but in one Samuel and John, Ecclesiastes, Romans and more, there are references to friendship. And one thing that it's clear that it talks about in Proverbs is it's important to have friends that, you know, do have the fruit of the Holy Spirit, that do have patience and joy and wisdom, if you will, and these things. Because one of the things that's said in Proverbs is this, don't befriend angry people or associate with hot tempered people or you will learn to be like them and endanger your soul. That's Proverbs 22, 24 to 25. Now, obviously, I'm not saying that we won't all have moments where we get irritated or angry, but in general, right, we're talking about people that haven't experienced, that aren't experiencing, they're not experiencing that, the peace that we find, the joy that we find when we walk with and when we are connected, right, to God, connected to the Holy Spirit. And so that's what we're talking about. It surely doesn't mean that you're going to have friends that are never irritated or hungry or lose their um, patience, if you will. And then I want to share with you something about hospitality and the importance of it and also what it means to be a good friend and neighbor and what it doesn't mean. In the book, The Art of Neighboring by Jay Pathk and Dave Runyon, they say this, they say, that in all relationships, there needs to be boundaries. Dr. Henry Cloud and John Townsend wrote an excellent book a few years back called Boundaries. We'd encourage you to read this book for a more in-depth look at the subject. Their guidelines can be very helpful when it comes to neighboring. And then they go on to say, Think of a boundary as a personal property line. It becomes the fence that divides the things for which we are responsible from the things for which we are not. Boundaries define the terms with what's allowable and not in any relationship. When we love God and want to do the right thing, it can be easy for us to forget our own limits. But it is important to establish the norms and expectations in relationships. Think of a boundary as the difference between being responsible to a person and responsible for a person. The Distinction between the two little words, to and for, may seem like a small nuance, but actually the distinction constitutes a big difference in how we relate to people. Being responsible to people is healthy. It means we are responsible to love them, to encourage them, to bless them, to pray for them, to serve them. But being responsible for people is unhealthy. In this case it means we mistakenly take responsibility for their well-being, for their finances, for their happiness, for their success or failure, for their spiritual progress, for the strength of their marriage and so on. There is a vital difference between responsibility to and responsibility for someone. We are responsible to love, to encourage, to bless, to pray and to help, but we are not responsible for outcomes, for consequences, for emotions, for reactions for feelings, or for someone else's choices. It's the difference between being put on the hook to provide a solution and helping a person find a solution for himself or herself. On the one hand, we can mistakenly set up a giver-receiver mentality, which seldom helps anybody in the long term. On the other hand, we can set up an environment of healthy participation. Clearly, that's the better way to go. Oh, I think that's so good, and I think it's really important when we talk about friendships and neighbors that we talk about what that looks like to be in fellowship, to be in community and to be in friendships, that it's about that responsibility to do things, right? To love most importantly, but to encourage and bless, to pray, to participate in those relationships and to help, right? By walking with people, by giving them godly advice or pointing them to biblical scripture that will help them with their choice and their decision where they're at in maybe a crossroads in their lives. So I think it's just, that is such an amazing way to think about it, that we want to be responsible to them, to love, encourage, bless, pray, and serve, but not responsible for the outcomes, the consequences, their emotions, or their feelings. I think if we keep it in this context, it really helps us Put a you know a framework around how what healthy friendships look like and what it looks like to participate in those friendships. And I would say this to you: if you are someone that's had a hard time making friendships that last, healthy friendships that last, especially ones that are faith led, that revolve around your you know faith beliefs and your walk with God, then I would just encourage you to keep working at it, to keep being opened. To those new friendships, because they can come from all different places. They can come from if you're, you know, if you're a mom and you have kids, they can come from relationships you make with the other parents. They can come from your church, small group communities. They might come from a new activity that you're starting. It might be your neighbor. I have even met women in online groups I'm in that are for, you know, faith based. Writers and speakers. I have met other women that I've interviewed, but we align very well with our um, perspective on life, our you know our faith in God and the importance of that the importance that that is to us in our business in our life. So be open to you know growing these friendships, and they don't happen overnight, right? You don't start trusting somebody immediately. You don't start being open and vulnerable and share with them your, you know, your biggest struggles the moment you meet them. This takes time and it takes being present and it takes inviting others in. And, you know, sometimes we have to get creative. For instance, I had a a friend that it seems like the evenings just weren't working right to connect. And so I suggested other options, you know, during the weekend, or you might suggest a morning you know, tea or maybe lunchtime, you know, lunch break. But be open to finding creative ways to connect with the people that you know that there is a commonality there. There is a connection and there are some similarities in, you know, what you are looking for in your friendships. But, you know, I would just encourage you because there's plenty of people, plenty of women I talk to who off and on or you know, as they've changed seasons in their life, they're struggling to have, you know, really healthy, strong, beautiful friendships. They're struggling to cultivate these. But I would tell you, are you making this a priority? Are you making time for friendship and for fellowship and spending time in community? Because if we're so busy working and only serving, you know, the people right in our own household, which are very, those that's important work. But we then we are closed off to serving the people around us and to being a good friend and to having people be good friends to us. So the last, um, scripture I want to share with you is Proverbs 27, nine, that says the heartfelt counsel of a friend is as sweet as perfume and incense. Oh, so good. And I think that's so clear, right? It's just that, you know, true friends, especially friends that are you know, walking with doing life with uh, Christ, you know, that have welcomed the Holy Spirit in they, you know, they have the fruits of the spirit, right? They have all those things, or at least overall they do because they are in um, relationship. They are in community with Christ. And so look for those things because it really be is life-changing when you have people that you can trust, that you can um, ask for advice and guidance and that, you know, it will line up to the best of their ability, especially when they point you back to scripture, that this is, you know, good and godly. Uh, and like I said before, I do just want to remind you, it's not to say, you know, you shouldn't have different friends, friends that are not, you know, only your faith-based Christian friends. I have lots of different friends of every type of religious, um, affiliation and interest, but there's friends for different purposes and for different walks. And I'm talking about, you know, people that you can go to for wise counsel and prayer and speaking truth and love into your life. So until next time, I hope you have a beautiful weekend and I hope that you make it a priority to cultivate not just your relationship and your connection to God, but also to your friends. And I hope you put in the time to be a good and godly friend and that you also welcome people into your home and into your heart thanks again for listening and if you would like to be encouraged and lifted up i have a seven day encouragement challenge if you'd like to sign up go to faithfueledwoman.com and just enter your email address and you will be sent seven days of christian encouragement and inspiration to your inbox or go to kristenfitch.com and just click on encouragement challenge All you have to do is put in your email address and you'll get seven days of encouragement and tips and ideas for how to live a more encouraged life. Thanks again for listening to Faith Healed Woman. If you enjoyed the show, we would love it if you would share it with a friend and if you would leave us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts because it helps us get discovered by more people to spread more hope in the world. Thanks again for listening in.